The Backdoor GA Podcast for 2023 is now brought to you by Steed Motor Group. For your personalised vehicle shopping experience, visit stevemotorgroup.ie. We are now delighted to announce our second sponsor of the podcast. Harper Finley are a professional service recruitment company operating nationwide and are dedicated to helping people find their dream job. So delighted now to be joined by two former Galway footballers in Gary O'Donnell and Johnny Duane to look back on Galway's victory over Roscommon in the Connacht semi-final over the weekend. Uh, Galway winning out on a final scoreline of 113-19 to and they now face Sligo in the Connacht final Sunday week in Castlebar at 1.45, a huge game to look forward to. Lads, just looking at the Roscommon game as a whole over the weekend, Gary, coming to you first, do you think players and management kind of look back on that game as a mixed performance? I don't know. I think they'd be quite pleased with it, to be honest. Up to now, I was probably with the impression that they had a kind of a mixed bag in the league, albeit got to a league, league final, they'd have been quite happy with that. But I thought the weekend now, considering the opposition they're playing against, you know, after them coming off the Mayo, or Roscommon beating Mayo and... Um, you know, going down to the high with a big crowd championship game, I thought they managed the game really well. Um, you know, just didn't give Ross Ross Common any chance to sucker punch them on the counter attack or create any goal chances earlier on anyway. And just when the game opened up in the second half, then they had all the answers for whatever was thrown at them. So I'd say they'd be quietly surprised anyway, um, with the performance overall, yeah. Just to carry on the start of the second half, Ross Common obviously get one one, one two really quickly. Would that be a concern or is that just really kind of championship, a game taken on a life of its own? Ah, yeah, that, that that's something they'll definitely be looking at this week. You can imagine how the, you know, you, you always felt Roscommon were going to come out with, with a bit of a bite in the second half, considering they were, they were quite poor in the first half, although they weren't left play in fairness. But um, I remember looking at the clock, I think I think that when, once they got the goal, I think that put them a point up. I remember looking at my watch and it was only 41 minutes gone, like it was six minutes, to, it was a quick turnaround. And in fairness, they, whatever about Galway, between the even the last eighteen months, they're they're quite difficult to break down or score goals against or like that. So that'll be definitely something they're looking at. Um, I feel the just Roscommon went a bit more direct. To be honest, yeah, they kind of hit more long ball in. The goal was in fairness was well created, like good driving ball to end Smith and a, a good hand pass inside and a good finish. So yeah, that'll be something I'd say they're definitely going to be looking at during the week. But like I was saying, in, in saying that as well too, they reacted to it very well and kind of. Got a stranglehold in the game again as well too, and and saw it through comfortably enough in the end. What's your overall um, impressions, Johnny, of the performance at the weekend? Yeah, like Gary said, I think they'll be they'll be happy. Um, they controlled the game apart from that. I'll say ten minutes in the second half, um, they had complete control of the game. Um, I think they will be happy. Um, it's it's hard to go down to Hyde Park. Um, in, in any given day so I think they will be pleased um, a couple of areas of concern but overall they'll be they'll be delighted to get to another kind of final um, obviously that 10 minute spell in the second half uh, the Roscommon crowd really got behind them um, but I thought their response to that was was brilliant um, they just calmed things down again took control of the game and played on their terms so yeah they'll be delighted they'll be delighted to another kind of final so nothing to be sniffed at. With that, particularly in the first half, Johnny, Ross Common, the way they set up, there's plenty of numbers behind the ball and it's probably something Galway are going to face a lot of times uh, later on into the summer, but the controlled way Galway, with that system, the way they set up, but the way Galway controlled and spread it out to the wings and picked a lot of the right passes, just did a lot of the right things coming up against a structure like that. Yeah, yeah, their patience was was very good. One or two pot shots, but that's to be expected. But um, you know, it's not it's not pretty to look at as a supporter. You're, you know, you're hoping for something amazing, but in this day and age, that's not really happening. But um, I think a, a pivotal point to that is Ian Burke at full forward. Um, just gives them so much more options in terms of that pot pass over all them Roscommon players, and then it just it opened things up again. So. Yeah, they look. They worked it very well. Um, you know, got some got some great scores. Um, but I think, 
you know, opening that defence, um, I think Ian Burke is is pivotal there and he was great the last day, especially in the first half. Just with Ian Burke, he's been getting a lot of plaudits this week. Gary, just bringing it back over to you, with Ian Burke, um, his assists the last day really seem to add another dimension to this goal forward unit and it's probably something that doesn't come as a surprise to you, but even off the ball, what does Ian Burke bring to the table? Just his movement, really. He, like anytime you find any any ball, really, generally that Ian wins, he's winning within about 20, 30 yards max on the goal. Like so, he's very disciplined in terms of the. He always stays close to goal, whereas other forwards might drift further out the field and so on. So, like they started with Damien Shane and uh, Ian inside of the last day, and they're very, very different. The three of them, but Ian kind of like is nearly the the joker in the pack if you want to call him that he he's just slightly different to the other two uh, in that he bring other players into the game that bit more and you just know what you're going to get a brilliant ball winner inside now I'm saying that as well too like like Rob Finnerty was in there last year and he had a brilliant season in there last year injury earlier on the league and so on but uh, you know he did nothing wrong as well too I felt as well too he was scoring last year uh, that's probably the one thing about Ian that he doesn't he doesn't score as much maybe as as a lot of insights for us, but he's involved in so many other scores in terms of creating chances and the final pass and in assisting other guys as well too. So he's very selfless and the likes of uh, Peter Cook and Johnny Heaney and Matty Tierney will come from the half forward line and then the deeper runners from the half back line. You know, he's ideal to play off because he'll always pop balls out to the runners if, if they're being made and, you know, that's something maybe that when they played Roscommon in the first game in the second round in the league this year when they were, when they were caught, they lacked that bit of penetration, a bit of running off the shoulder. And uh, not that Ian's the kind of the person who solved it all, but when you know you have a guy inside who's going to lay it off or pop it, or when you make the run, it, it definitely encourages less to do that more often. But uh, yeah, he had a very good game that after. Is his strongest point, Johnny, bringing other players into the game? Yeah, yeah, he can be a bit too selfless at times. Um, you know, but as as Gary said there, he he, he dreamed to play with if you are, we'll say a half back, half forward running onto the ball, you know you're gonna get it. Um but yeah, at times, you know, he can he, he probably should um take more scores himself. Um but that's just the type of player he is. Um so yeah, like against against the pack defence, um, you know, he's ideal, he's his movement is unreal. So yeah, no, I thought he was good the last day. Just with that, Johnny, a lot of people are talking about him as probably one of the most selfless forwards in the country at the minute. Would you agree with that? Uh possibly, yeah. Yeah. Um speaking of Stevens, it's only it's only his first year back in a couple of years. So, you know, I wouldn't be going too far. But yeah, he is he is very selfless. Um yeah, that's kind of that's that's what he bases his game around. So yeah, but as Gary said, he, he probably could do a bit more scoring, but you know, it doesn't really matter who scores, I suppose, as long as as long as the team are scoring. But yeah, definitely, that's one of his his main attributes. Yeah. With that as well, Gary, you're just talking about uh, Rob Finnerty. He's he's been a mainstay there now, but it's it's a good headache now for the management. You'd imagine, even because if you look back to last year, in that Dal Ireland final will be referenced when people do talk about Galway. It just adds another dimension to, especially inside for Galway. Yeah, um, no, it, it was it was fairly well documented based on last year that they probably lacked a bit of bit of depth off the bench at times, and you know last year I suppose the first fifteen was set in stone for most of the year. And they, they were fortunate enough to not have any main injuries, particularly in the championship. Anyway, uh, they've had a few in the league this year, but hopefully that's them out of the way. Like so, you know, even looking at the bench, the last year they had great options to come off it, um, and you know they can hold that or keep lads fit and firing late into the summer. Like that's going to be. A major, major improvement for them going, going going late into the summer. So, um, yeah, just like in terms of Ian, like you you've been on about selfless forwards and so on and so forth. Like, um, you know, it's rare enough you get an inside forward who, who's like that. So he's probably different to, to, to other inside forwards. You look at the Kerry inside line or Dublin inside line or any of the other big the bigger teams. Um, most of them are out now shooters and scorers, and that's normal enough and so on. But uh, Ian is just that slightly bit different in that. He just brings everyone else into the game and involves so many others, and you just know what you're going to get off him. Ball winner, he's going to always be out in front and uh, very, very difficult to tie down. So, very important to them. All right, going into the summer, if he's if he if he can keep him fit. Gary, do you think with what you've seen with Ian Burke, obviously it's still so early in the year, but 
it was nearly a similar role in kind of 2017 when you did go all that way to the semi-final against Dublin. That was some of the stuff you were almost seeing Ian Burke do that year. Yeah, same as like, and I suppose there was a lot of expected them coming back in the same set from Peter who were drafted back in. Um, there was a lot of people, a lot of expectation from them, from, particularly from the outside of the general public anyway. Um, and we, we didn't see much of Ian in the league because he was injured, obviously, but by all accounts, um, he was going really, really well in, in, in training since the um, since the league final. So it was, was picked on, on, on form there, obviously. Um, but like again, it's it's only one performance, only against Ross Common. Ian will know that himself, managers will know that themselves. There'll be bigger fish to fry as the season goes on, more important games, they'll be coming thick and fast. So the likes of Rob, the likes of other players that were on the bench the last day, they're all going to be needed. Like you can no doubt about it. I'm sure they'll do very well to go through the summer again like they did last year without picking up niggles and knocks or lads being not fit and available because the the, the games do come thick and fast as with this new format. Um so lads just need to buy their time and the panel just needs to be um, ready to go when called upon. Just with that as well, before we do uh, get into look at a bit of the game, Johnny, John Mayer at the weekend um, did a terrific man-making job in Enda Smith. Um, Enda Smith, his, his involvement in that game was really minimised by Mayer besides where he caught the goal excellently to set up here on Merta. But... John Mayer before this year hadn't played for Galway since 2020, where both of you would have been involved uh, in that game uh, against Mayo and Tomb Stadium. Has his development and rise this quickly come as a surprise to you? Um, yeah, by all accounts, he had, a, he had a great club championship last year, but um, yeah, I was very impressed with him. Um, even, you know, the cameras probably wouldn't pick up half the stuff he'd done. He literally stuck to end the Smiths all day long. That was his job, um, executed his job. And then and scored two great points. So yeah, I think for a first time out um, in championship, he'll be he'll be very happy. But yeah, his his work rate was was very very good. Um, and as I said, you know he got up the other end and scored two points. So and as Gary was saying there, that's another fine between himself, Ian Burke, Johnny McGrath. The depth in the squad is is coming along nicely. So um, yeah, it's it's great uh, heading into the summer. But you know it is. It's early. It's early. There's a lot of games yet, but um, definitely for John Maher himself, um, he'll be very pleased. He, he did very, very well, yeah. Gary, just when John Maher did come in in 2020 to now, have you seen a significant difference straight away? Uh, well, look, the, the game he came into in 2020 wasn't the ideal um, game to play in. Like, probably to maybe set him back a bit, I don't know. Um, strong timer, but uh, um. Like Johnny said there, he, he had a very good club championship last year, as did three or four of the Salt Hill lads that are in there at the moment. And you know, you know, he, he again he's by this time a small, but he's been kind of been kind of came under under the radar. He's been in the panel, but not bit many people have kind of taken note of him until particularly the Kerry game, the last National League game, the last round anyway, where I thought he was excellent. He kicked two points in that game as well. Uh, kicked points in the league. I thought he was their best player in the league final possibly as well. And he was excellent again the last. That's five points in three games. And that's probably something he wasn't overly noted for, which was his kicking or scoring ability. No disrespect to him. He was a brilliant runner, brilliant fetcher, great athlete, um, box-to-box midfielder. But um, kicking scores and getting forward wasn't generally what he was noted for. So he certainly added that on, um, to his game. And um, yeah, I'd say he's been goal's best player the last three games. You think he's been up there with the most consistent? Yeah, definitely. Yeah, yeah. Like as I said to you, most people have been looking at the likes of Peter and and Ian coming coming back in, and you know maybe someone else slotting into midfield. And John John just come in and he's just grabbed his chance when he's been given it. And no more than that, like you said, he's been in the panel before. Maybe matured a small bit. Had a good league club campaign under him last year. Um, I'd add Tomo to that as well. Tomo could handle. I thought it was a great club cam- campaign last year. Probably got injured at the wrong time at the start of the national league. Where he probably would have got a lot of those games because there was not there was a position open there in the a corner forward for him, so that was unfortunate for him. But um, you know, again, he'd probably be he. You can imagine he'll see plenty of minutes as the summer goes on if he can keep fit and and go and train well as well. And Johnny, earlier on, just with that uh, first half, we were talking about the control Galway brought in attack in particular, but. Like you have to say as well, from a defensive perspective, they're really impressive, really hard to break down. Held Ross Common to no scores from play, 
Kieran Merta with his three frees in the first half, like that's that's something that the management will have to take away from that and be really pleased. Yeah, definitely. Um, and I think it's been it's been a trademark of them in the last couple of years was is their defensive setup. But um, yeah, the last day they were really solid. Um, really solid, as you said, no scores in play. Um, three points in Hyde Park. Um, Roscommon probably had a bit of a win there. So yeah, I know they'll be they'll be very pleased. Um, but they know what they're at in that system. They know they know where to be, where to go. Um, there's a lot of clarity there by the by the looks of it. So um, yeah, it's it's a well-oiled machine at this stage. But um, yeah, no, they'll be very happy with it. Those thing as well, Johnny Dylan Moran uh, was. He was named at nine. He didn't play midfield. He went. It was the first kind of team we went and seen someone man mark Sean Kelly go as full back, and it's probably something we're going to see more of. I I suspect as the summer goes on. Uh yeah, yeah. It looks Sean, as we know, Sean Kelly is he's named that full back, but he can end up anywhere. Um, and his threat going forward is is unreal. So, um, yeah. Look, people could could put markers on him. Um, I think he'll be happy with that if. If you're putting a man marker on Galway's fullback, um, that takes away a scoring forward. So look, whatever whatever teams do, but going forward uh, for Galway, he is a massive threat. Um, such a strong runner, um, you know, and he brings such such pace to the attack. So especially on a counter attack when Galway defence do turn over the ball, you know, he he's the man that's that's always that's always going forward. So yeah, look, he's he's pivotal to Galway. Gary, with that as well in the opening half, the Damon's goal chance, obviously, and another goal chance as well. Would that just be an area where, when you see Ross Common come back into that game straight after half time, that you could even see the analysis at half time between Lee Keegan and Sean Cavanagh? They were saying like the goal we should have get this game out of sight. Would, would that be a bit of a disappointment for Port Joyce and his management that it wasn't put to bed earlier? I don't think it'd be a disappointment for them, but you, uh, like I said, no more than the six or seven minutes after half time, it'll be something they'll be looking at the goal chance they create and then they didn't convert them. But like you're never going to be, particularly this Ross Common side, like they're a quality side, a lot of good footballers, did a brilliant camp, league campaign behind them. Like you're never going to be putting a game to bed at half time down there in a, in a championship game anyway. So, um, yeah, in hindsight, you could say could have tagged on another one, two, one, three to be seven, eight points up, but. You know, Roscommon could say something similar. They, they weren't playing well. They missed a free or two and butchered a few chances up front and so on. Um, so, yeah, you can nitpick at a few bits like that. But, again, if they're doing their video this week, they're definitely looking at the goal chances they should have converted. And then they're probably, they'll probably they be looking at that six or seven minutes after half time how they let them back into the game. Uh, and just on their defensive setup, you know, building on from last year, you've kind of got a, a routine and a setup like that. It's very, very hard to break it down. Like, uh, Derry... Are probably doing something similar as well too. But the only thing with Galway is it, it suits Galway set up in that they've five or six forwards up top. That if you do break, they're a serious threat when it, once it opens up. Like you even saw that goal chance where Roscommon misplaced the pass and it was just given to Damien and it was just straight on. There's a goal from sixty yards out. Like um, not many teams can can hold that threat where they drop players deep and uh, can leave a Damien or a Shane or maybe an Ian or whoever else up top. Um, and kick long ball into them so suits the system down to the ground um and just in terms of breaking it down i thought like if, if teams are going to break it down which it's going to be quite difficult for roscommon were brave enough i thought that they went that bit more direct with a bit more long kicking and um you saw how the goal was created as well too so um no they're going well so far and as i said to you uh later on in the summer you know they'll the bigger games to play against uh, they'll have to fine tune a small bit more so they'll be working on that i'm sure Gary, just from a defensive perspective there, when you talk about Galway's setup, have you seen them evolve last year? Because obviously last year, everyone was aware Dylan McHugh and Kieran Malloy kind of sat back as this double sweeper system. Have you seen Galway evolve more from that defensive uh, per system this year now? Not a, not a huge difference, only the, like, when you're, when you're playing a system like that, the longer you play into it, the more familiar, familiar players get with it. And... You can just add a few strings to it then as well, and that you know I, I would imagine the fact that they've they were so defensively sound last year, um, Park could be very much forward orientated too that they want to be tagging on a bit more scores. So even the last year, as well as all as they played, um, one per team is is a modest enough scoring for 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 the team that Galway have. If you ask me, 
and, and Damien got one four of that like from play. So um, you know, that'd be that'd be one thing I'd say that they they'll want to to uh, harness a bit more and that if you're going to be playing a Kerry or a, even a Dublin or a Mayo further down the line that you're going to need 15, 16, 17 scores at least with a goal or two probably in that to beat them uh, and they'd be well aware of that like so as good knowledge your defensive system is you probably want to keep yourself goalless against those teams and if you're keeping them to 13, 14 points you're doing well so the forward aspect or the, the counter-attacking and, and, and scoring the other end would be probably something they're, they're, they're looking to, to drive on a bit more do you think that's something they'll be zoning in on now, Johnny? Yeah, yeah. Um, like as Gary said there, when it comes, it's it's okay in, in the first round of the Connacht Championship. But when it comes to Crow Park, uh, when it comes to your your Kerry's, your Dublin's, um, they're the games you need to be you need to be scoring, as Gary said there, you know, up around sixteen, seventeen um scores. Um but like, look, they will be happy. It's it's first, it's the first first one out in the championship. Um, uh, you know, Ross Common are, are never easy beat in in Hyde Park. And I thought some of the scoring was very good. Um, but you know, down the line, they're going to need to improve on that. But look, we could be we could be nitpicking it here. Um, but overall, I think you know, from from a defensive point of view, uh, for sixty minutes, very very solid. Um. And and from forwards' point of view, they'll be happy enough. Some of their main players didn't play too well, um, then other players stood up. So that's probably they'll be they'll be happy with that too. With that as well, Johnny, we were just kind of talking about earlier on that that five minutes after half time where Roscommon do do come out and they kick one three uh, within a quick period from the thirty fifth to the forty minute. But they they they'll have to be pleased as well with. The way Galway respond from that, like for a situation to be putting that backs against the wall away from home and to reply like that, it's definitely a pleasing aspect. Oh yeah, hundred percent. I think you know what I think out of the whole game, um, that that five minutes after Ross Common's purple patch will probably be the most pleasing. Um, you know they look, they just they just got the ball, kept on to the ball. I think it was like. Two minutes they held on to the ball over and back, just absolutely killed Ross Hammond's momentum. Um, you know, worked to score. And then I think it was Maddie Tierney that got the score that got them back level. Um, and then they can set up for a kick out and push on. But that I think overall that'll be that'll be very pleasing. Um, you know, because from being there, the Ross Common crowd really got behind them. There was a a massive atmosphere there for, for 10 minutes, but then you know, Galway just keep the ball. Um, a lot of experience. You know, you can you can hear Keen O'Neill on the sideline roar and control the game, and they did that very well, very very well. Um, so I think they'll be very very pleased uh, with that, especially you know after when a team gets momentum, it's hard it's hard to stop them, um, especially with the crowd behind them and everything. But uh, yeah, I think I think Galway did excellently there. And Gary Matthew Tierney on the 48th minute with his mark and then after that on the 50th minute to equalise on both occasions. That that was a real significant moment. Maybe Matthew Taney was kind of out of the game but to step up with those two points they were crucial moments of the game. Yeah, and there were, there were two fine scores as well too. Like, and you'd be on about a player that's kind of stepped up this year. He, he's had a brilliant campaign up to now. Um, he probably was a bit quiet up to that stage in the game but, you know, uh, he actually came to my attention on one of the plays where he, he he tracked a player right back down the pitch, was working his socks off, and then about five minutes later he kicked those two points. Like, but like even on that point of, of falling behind, um, you know, as a as a supporter at the game, probably the best compliment I could, I could play this group at the time at the moment is you never felt that, you know, that the, the that they were going to lose the game. That's basically the way I looked at it. Even when they went to point down and the place was rocking and the momentum was at Ross Common. It was early in the second half, ran to the right, but you just felt that even that two or three minutes of the head onto the ball, they're not going to lose this. You just never felt the game was going away from them. And that's been the, the case throughout the league campaign this year when it looked like games are gone away from them or momentum's gone away from them. They've found a way to wrestle it back and, you know, see out a game, get crucial scores. So they're showing great maturity and leadership that way, but you can see they've done a lot of work on it as well. So, Usual thing would be keeping the ball in mind of the ball, as Johnny said there. I could hear that message too from Keenan Eid of control the game. Now seems to be the word of, you know, again it mightn't be the prettiest to look at, but 
you got to play the opposition in, in Ross Common's case they do drop a lot of players back and try to hit you on the counter-attack so they were, they were very obviously focusing on not giving them any oxygen and kicking ball away and so on and I thought they did, did that very well yeah Connor Daly for Ross Common, Johnny, he definitely have regrets when, when you look at the opportunity that did uh, present himself in the second half. Um, yeah, but I think overall, um, you know, they look back on the video, I think you know, Galway were in complete control of the whole game, if you look at it as a whole. Um, to score three points in a half of football is, is pretty disappointing from their, from their view. Um, they were very flat in the first half, you know, obviously... After that Mayo game, you were expecting a, a bounce off them, but you know they didn't. They 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 looked they looked sluggish. They looked you know poor in attack. Apart from them three frees, um, you know Galway looked so comfortable. Um, so on overall, you know they look back in the video and and, and they'll realise you know they looked, they weren't up to scratch. Um, and Galway were in complete control of the game. Obviously, they would have liked to push on after that. Uh, after that 10-minute spell, you know, if they kept that momentum going, you know, you know, we'd never know what could happen. But as Gary was saying, from being there, uh, looking at Galway, they just, they had this sense of calm about them. Um, and you, you never kind of felt, even though the, the crowd were going mad and they were a point up, I think it was maybe, it wasn't even 10 minutes into the second half. And, you know, you're, you're thinking to yourself, you know, you've 20-odd 20, 20 minutes to go here. Uh, I can't see Galway in bet, but... Yeah, they did well. I think overall, um, you know, Roscommon will be disappointed in themselves, but, you know, overall, I think Gore definitely deserved it. Particularly the composure there as well, Johnny, we were just talking about match at level and that, but then you have John Merritt, Damien Comer and Shane Walsh make it 1-7 to 1-12 in 55 minutes. Roscommon do get it back to 1-9 to 1-12, but even late on, the quick 1-2s by Damo and Rob uh, one of the, for the last score of the game as well, just it, it was it was excellent, really, because you could have expected Rob to take it on himself, but to spot Demo then for the last score of the game as well. Yeah, exactly, and I think you know they they obviously they obviously have a lot of work done, and you know getting getting the ball to to the best man, the best position. So that um that's that's working well for them, um, and you can see they're getting scores from it. So uh, even when they were down, you don't see many pot shots. You know the odd one now and again, but. They're working their scores. They're working their scores very well. Um, so yeah, you know, especially when when they went three up, you know, there was they they were never going to lose that game. Much debate around the uh, man of the match after the game. Um, Gary even seen Lee Keegan on Twitter after the game to explain the man of the match case. But um, I presume you're like a lot of Galway supporters, probably wondering how Damien Comer didn't get the man of the match on Sunday. Ah, uh, yeah. Look, it was it was a straightforward decision, really, as any game you've seen before, really. Um, apart from like he had all the big moments in the play, particularly when 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 Galway were struggling for a bit of small bit of scoring opportunities in the first half, he was delivering them. Um, even the block near the end of the game was crucial, as well, not crucial, but you know, just showed the evidence of what he was doing, what, what he was bringing to the table on the day. Um, I actually wasn't aware of who was awarded until I was going home. The phone was kind of pinging a small bit, and there was kind of a bit of pandemonium about this this award man the match but um yeah in fairness Kieran Murtin now he, he he was really good and, and has always been a really good forward for, for us coming over the years has caused us trouble numerous times um very good kicker of the ball brilliant shooter uh, and has been for a, a number of years so he did have a good game but definitely hands down Damien Damien was man the match um you know he did score one four from play and apart from all that his contributions in the game were so positive as well um, it was a straightforward decision for me, yeah. With Damien Gomer, Gary, there was obviously concerns when Galway did meet Roscommon with that injury. But even you can see with the three weeks there now, he, he seems to look refreshed. But a Damien Gomer in this form, what, what can I do for Galway? Well, he's vital, yeah. The um, thing is with Damien too, like if he does pick up a knock or gets injured, like I know when the news came back, it was fairly positive about his injury after the first time they played Roscommon this year. And there was going to be a short layoff, like, and he was due back into the league. Like, he was always going to need those two or three extra weeks. He's he's a type of player. He's so explosive and strong that he he just needs minutes and training. So when he does come back, you can expect a bit of rustiness. You saw that in the league final, um, and obviously got three weeks under his belt. Then in the lead up to this game, and you could see the the difference. Like he was so much sharper, fitter, 
um, you know, hungrier as well. So brilliant performance overall. And you know, probably the observation, I, I kind of read something during the week about getting, getting himself and Shane to perform in the same game um, would probably be the big thing because when one performs, the other seems to be a bit more quiet and vice versa. So um, if you think of the All-Ireland final last year, Shane shot the lights out and Damien was kind of well held by Foley. And uh, the same in the semi-final where Shane was well quietened and Damien was, was the star of the show. So if we just get the two of them firing on the one day, um, I think we could shoot the lights out and um, I don't think any for, any backline unit would, would take them because even when we used to play Mayo over the years, he saw us up in the matchups and when Keegan was there and when Mullen was there, the two of them, not that they were able to take them, but they were two good matchups for them and then you could free up Durkin and so on. Whereas I look at the Mayo backline now and they have Durkin to do one of them, but and even in that he'd struggle. Um, but I don't think they've any to mark one or the other. Uh, and then you've all the other forwards that are with it too who are you know, contributing equally as well. Matty, Peter, Johnny, Dean or uh, Rob, whoever else. So there's so much lads to tie down that if we could get a few of them clicking on the one day, um, I don't think any backliner would manage them. That is the thing, uh, Johnny, as well. Like, it's a great point by Gary to, to get those two, like Damien and Shane, firing on the one day. Yeah, it'd be it'd be exciting to watch, because um, as Gary was saying there, it's kind of one is playing well, one's not playing so well. But if they did click, you know, like I don't think any team, any defensive system in the country will stop them. Um, they're phenomenal players, a bit different. Um, you know, Damien's just so powerful, so direct, and then Shaney has, you know, has it all. Um, so I think yeah, look, if if the both of them clicked on any given day and if you got them the open spaces at Crow Park and you got them to click, um, you know, it'd be it'd be very exciting and a and a real positive for Galway. Um, you know, I don't think I don't think anyone will disagree in saying that they're known in the country it's not them. Uh, them two players alone. I don't mean Galway, but um yeah, look, if if that worked, um happy days. Yeah. Just as well, lads, on the goalkeeper situation, there a lot of debate around us around with different supporters. Johnny, Bernard Power played at the weekend. Conor Gleeson played the majority of the league. Do you see Porrick now sticking with Bernard Power? Uh, it's hard to know. Um, you know, I thought I was at the league game in Pierce Stadium against Kerry. I thought Bernie did very, very well. Uh, I was very impressed. So then I was thinking, you know, he's going to be in for the league final, but then switch back to, to Connor. So it's hard to know, um, you know, but going forward for Galway, I think they, they need to just, you know, they need to stick with one um, if they can. I know they might be going on form and training or whatever, but even for lads out the field, you know, the two lads probably have different kickouts, um, you know, different trajectory and, and their kicks. So for midfielders, half forwards, uh, it's better if they just, they pick one and go with it. But um, to be honest, in, in Pear Stadium against Kerry, I was very impressed with Bernie. Um, you know, I thought he did okay the last day as well. Nothing, nothing, nothing wrong. One, one short kick out went astray, but um, yeah, no, I thought he did well. Um, and as I said, very impressed uh, in the Kerry game with Bernie. So, yeah, it's it's hard to know. Hopefully, for, from Galway's point of view, they don't keep chopping and changing because um, you know it'd have been nice to get a settled keeper out of all positions, I suppose. That's the thing now, Gary. If if they were to switch it back, which you. You'd expect they wouldn't, because I will create this maybe a bit of confusion. Then you could say, "Yeah, and, and like that, I, I've a few times I've thought they've settled on one, they've chopped for the next one. So you'd imagine they'd probably stick with Bernie. I don't know, like like that before they've changed. Even for confidence, why it'd be a Connor or Bernie, whoever it is, just to give them a run of ga games in a, in the position to back them. But uh, they're obviously a bit unsure, maybe. Um, you know, they're going off games or seeing they're going off maybe training matches as well and farm in training. So, you know, they're probably probably seen a lot more than what we're seeing as well. So it, it's obviously a tight call. You know, I think Parik said last week it was a very straightforward one for himself. Um but uh, I, I thought another Galway goal in, in Conor Carroll um for Roscommon the last had a great game, uh, particularly the first half. I was kind of on his side and some of the kickouts he picked were I didn't see them myself. Uh, he picked out a couple where Galway pressed up and he was picking lads out 40 yards in the middle of the pitch, loop, uh, kick passes. Very, very well done. I, I'm very impressed with him and and have been throughout the league as well. So, um, you know, he might change back again eventually down the line, but uh, 
you never know. But look at the two lads at the moment are vying for the position, and you know it's been a good battle up to now. And uh, you know, may the best man win from there on in. Because as I said, yeah, a bit of familiarity with backs and kickouts and so on to be the best thing. But uh, who knows after that? I think I think there as well, even from from the keeper themselves. You know, if if you're thrown in, say for example, Connor's thrown in in the Connor final, it's it's pressure on him too. You know, and it's it's not. I don't think it's good personally if you're putting that pressure on a. And he's saying, look, I'm in for a Connor final. I have to perform now. There was a lot of pressure on Bernie the last day. You know, he's in. He's getting his chance. Um, whereas if you're, you know, if you're if you're going with one lad, just go with him. I think that's that's the way to go forward. So would you stick with Bernie now, Johnny? Personally, I would, yeah. Yeah, I'd stick with Bernie. I thought he, I think he did well. Uh, he got his chance and he took it. So, yeah, I wouldn't go chopping and changing. You stick with him as well, Gary? Yeah, I probably would at this stage as well. Um, I think you're at the stage of the summer too where, you know, uh, such an important position goalie as well. Like So, uh, yeah, and from what I've seen him in the, in the couple of games, which is the variety of kickouts, even though, you know, he, he did make one or two mistakes in the second half of the last day he'd know that himself but you know overall I, I thought you know he's writing his kickouts and what he was doing and what he can bring to the game is probably probably suitable to, to the way Galway wants to play as well so I probably would stick a burner yeah It's the Colin final now Johnny against Stigo Galway obviously raging hot favourites given where maybe both teams are at uh, Stigo Division 4 champions and they definitely are Rising, you can see with the skill success they've had, the under twenty success, the Connacht. But it's a it's a, it's a big carrot now for a lot of these Galway players that haven't really won back to back Connacht titles, and that's probably a motivation for this group now. Yeah, definitely. Look, look, Connacht medal is nothing to be sniffed at. Um, I think they they'll be they'll be all guns blazing for this for this game. Um. I think Galway have come to a stage is they don't care who they're playing. They just they just want to win and improve all the time. So um, I think I just I, I can't see anything but a Galway win. I watched the Sligo game against New York. Um, no contest there whatsoever. So, you know, and they played London before that. So they might put into this kind of final a bit undercooked. Um, you know, they've played London and New York. Um, uh, if it was in Markovic Park, you might give them you might give them some chance. I think it's on in the kale. So, um, yeah, look, I, I think Galway will will win. Um, but they won't be taking that for granted either. Um, you know, they won't be holding back. It's a, it's a Connacht title at the end of the day. Um, you know, some people outside of outside of the setup might might be saying it's it's not too important. But I guarantee you, to the lads in there, it is. It's very important. So, um, yeah, I, I think I think Galway should definitely have enough. Particularly for when when you when you look at the leaders, Gary and yourself and Johnny would have been involved with, didn't really get the chance to ultimately do back to back Connor titles. Do you think that'll be a motivation for the likes of Paul Connor and now Damian Shane when when they're looking at this? Oh, for sure, yeah, definitely. Um, just thinking there, I, I don't think they, I don't think Galway have done a back to back Connor since about oh two, maybe I'm wrong, which is twenty odd years. So you can be sure Parik will have that stats thrown out to them as well, probably since the last time he played, actually. So um, definitely it's just another kind of, you know, target for them to reach or to 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 take off along the way as well. Um, as good and all as Sligo have gone, they've had a great year up to date. And, you know, I don't think, I think this is kind of a, this game is kind of a, a free hit for them in many ways and that they've kind of, they've reached the, the All-Ireland Series now as, as number two seeds as being provincial finalists. So, um you know, it's been a great, great success for them to promote them Division Four as Division Four champions, um, under twenty kind of champions, senior kind of finalists. Um, provided they don't get an absolute hockey, and it'll be, it'll be fine. I think. I, I think Galway will win relatively comfortably. You know, putting up maybe about fifteen minutes to go, maybe seven, eight, nine points, something like that. But uh, that's just the stages the two teams are at, at the moment. Like, like are playing Division Four football, Galway are playing Division One. Um, but in fairness, it's great to see Sligo making so much progression and that obviously underage, they're doing good work. They're very competitive minor as well, under 20 back-to-back champions. And then in schools as well too, they're Summerhill, I think we're senior college champions this year in, in, in Connacht and they're under 15 teamer in the Connacht final as well against um, Claire Morris as well too. So a lot of good work being done down there. And it's great to see like Connacht football is so strong that you've 
three <coughs> Division One teams at the top this year, or Connacht kind of teams at the top of Division One this year, and then you have Sligo who are starting to make a good comeback as well. So it's great to see. I presume the message to be be driven home now in the goal at Camp Johnny is bury Sligo as quickly as possible because they're, they're probably Sligo are going to come into this game to try and contain Galway and that'll ultimately be their aim to still be in the game at halftime. Yeah, yeah. Like, look, Roscommon tried to contain Galway too and it just didn't work. I think just the golfing class, you know, from from even preparation-wise, Galway's have been playing, you know, the top teams in Ireland, whereas Sligo just haven't had that, haven't had them competitive games. Um, I think even if they did contain Galway for the first 10, 15 minutes, you know, you saw the last day in Hyde Park, Galway North the rest. Um I can't see I can't see Galway being too worried if if Sligo put fifteen men behind the ball, which more than likely they will do. Um but you know Galway worked on this, you know, they've played Derry last year, Armagh. They know how to break down a packed defence. So I, I don't think they'll have any issues against Sligo. And that's no disrespect to Sligo. I just think that's where they're at. Um, and especially their preparation going into the game, you know, they are Division 4. Um, but, yeah, I think all the golfing class is just going to be too much. Um, hopefully I'm right and I don't beat my words, but um, <laughs> I can't see any other win. Just at the minute, Gary, in in the relation to the All-Ireland conversation, it seems at the minute that Galway are probably maybe third favourites to win the All-Ireland. Dublin and Kerry seem to be up there as number one and two. Is that where you see Galway at the minute? Um, see, look at it, it is only after round one as well too. I, I probably would see Galway maybe a bit even higher, to be honest, without putting them up too high. Um, you, you have to go on what you've seen so far and that, you know, based, you're probably based a lot of carry-off last year, what they did last year, because they didn't really... They, they were quite poor actually in 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 the league this year. Um, showed a lot of weakness, but I know they were trying things, and they're probably um, three or four weeks behind everyone with training and so on with holidays and all that. Um, I probably would have wrote Dublin off early on in the year for a lot of reasons that I felt they were still relying on a lot of the players of the last ten years. But since they've kind of got everyone fit again, um, you know McCaffrey being back, uh, Conor Callan back, and then kind of ghosting through Division Two like all we did last year, where there's not a huge amount of um, spotlight on them and they're going about their business quietly um, and gather momentum and then all of a sudden, you know, they're taking a big scalp later on this summer. That's kind of where Galway were at last year. So Dublin are kind of like that and obviously they're the, they're the big name in, in GA in, in terms of the following they have and support and all that. So, um, yeah, you, you probably say something along the lines of Dublin, Kerry, Galway, maybe even Mayo in no particular order and then, um, you know, I think even in, in time myself and Johnny were playing, you'd always have at least one or two very strong Ulster teams and maybe one or two other ones as well. Whereas there's no real standout Ulster team now at the moment. Like you have Tyrone, you have Armagh, you have Armagh, but ultimately I don't think they're the, the teams that they were five, six years ago. So uh, it's a it's a wide open championship, but I'd say you could probably put it down to maybe those four and maybe one more if, at a stretch. Uh, and I'd have Galway right up at the top of that, yeah. Where where do you see them in the All Ireland conversation, Johnny? Yeah, as Gary said, we're only we're only after finishing the league, and it's the first round of the Connacht Championship. Um, but yeah, look, what they're doing is is very impressive. I, as Gary said, I'd have them right up there too, but I wouldn't be getting overly confident or anything like that. Um, Kerry are always going to be there. Dublin, you know, they're going to walk through Leinster, so there's going to be no spotlight on them until they get to the group stages. Um, in terms of Ulster, you have Derry, you know, you could hit Derry on a good day, they might be hard to break down. Um, you know, Rory Gallagher seems to have done an, an unbelievable job there with the group of players he has. So um but yeah, look, I definitely have Galway up up the top. Um, you know, and as he spoke later earlier on, if you could get the likes of Dame Haney to click, you know, that'd that'd bring them an awful long way. Um but look, there's a long way to go. Yeah, there's there's a lot of games, more games than you know we would have ever played, Gary, in in the championship. So, um, yeah, it's there's a long way to go, but they're going in the right direction, hundred percent. Yeah, I'd have them definitely up there. Just to touch, lads, briefly before we do uh, finish up, just on the 
under 20s uh, last week, uh, just coming up short, um, absolute heartbreak, devastation to be the words you'd use against uh, Sligo last week in Tune Stadium, where Sligo ultimately win the game with a fist of points um, in the last play of the game. You'd have to feel for them really uh, watching that on, Gary. Like it was a tremendous game of football, though, you'd have to say, produced by both sides. Uh, it was, yeah. Look, when you're in it as well, too, it's, it's caught wrenching. And Don has a lot of good work done with them, obviously, and has years and years done with, with, with underage with Galway. And, you know, when you're in it like that, too, you, you obviously want to succeed and do well. And no more than we mentioned with Sligo a minute ago, it is good to see them progress, but you obviously don't want it to be at the expense of Galway. But, um, like, in the bigger picture, progression-wise, be it the minor team or the 20s, um, you know... I know it's probably no consolation to the lads that, that lost the last day, but it's about, all about basically how many of them you can bring through to senior. Um, and, you know, we are producing a lot of brilliant, good football, very good footballers over the last few years. And uh, the great thing now at the moment is they've, they've, they've something to aspire to with the senior team that's there who are competing for, who are going to be competing for all Ireland. It's not only last year or this year, but they're probably going to be there for a few years, really. really. So, you know, it's a good time for Galway football, whether they're winning kind of championships at minor or 20s. Um, you know things are in a good place, so just need to keep producing that and keep on top of it, basically, because uh, it was too long there, basically. Where we're, you know, okay, we we're probably doing alright underage all the time, but um, you know, probably a sleeping giant maybe at senior level then for for quite a while. But uh, no, you'd be very disappointed for them the last year, no doubt. But um, you know, hopefully a few of those can push on, and you know, I know a few of them will be there again next year as well. Is there anyone? Jumping out at you, Johnny, from that under-20 side that you could see even, I don't know, will pour a call a few in now or get in there in the next year or two? Yeah, look, there, there was, the, the thing is they're, they're quite young still, you know, that you used to be under-21, you were you were 20, 21 going into a senior, senior setup, but these lads are maybe 18, 19, you know, some of them are there again next year. So it is a massive step up. Um, but I think from the last day, they'll learn a lot. You know, I was watching the game. They went, I think it was 5-1 up. And then they just, I think it was like three or four wides in a row. And I was thinking to myself, you know, this could come back to haunt them at the very end of the game. And then there was one or two silly turnovers right at the depth. But these players will, will learn a lot, you know. You, and as you, you'll always hear, you'll learn more from defeat. So, as Gary said, if you can guess a few of them, it might not be next year, you know, it might take two or three years for some of these under-20 players to come through to senior, but there's definitely a lot of talent there. Um, you know, it's just a matter of if, if they stick with it, um, they are quite young, um, but, you know, Ducky is doing a lot of great work over the last couple of years. So, yeah, some of them are very exciting. Um, to be honest with you, I wouldn't have seen much of them before I've been away. But yeah, very impressed with some of the individual displays. Um, so yeah, hopefully in in the next couple of years we'll we'll see some of them playing senior football. Is there anyone jumping out for you in particular, Gary? Um, you know, the one thing that jumped out at me was the spread of clubs. Uh, there's a lot of um, different clubs in terms of a lot of West clubs, Litchmore, Headford, um. Your own underage goalie there, Johnny James Egan, who was in, I think, within the senior setup last year, Porrick. I think he was both third choice. Um, I think he's great potential. Um, you know, Char Charlie Power from Salt Hill, I think, looks lively as well too. Um, lads that you wouldn't have seen much even at senior club. Level. That's the only thing about them. You know, a few Currafin lads there, uh, Bernard Cohn, I think, as well from, from Currafin as well too. Lads that haven't been exposed to maybe senior club football yet. It just shows you the jump from minor senior and then our minor under 20 and then on senior even at club level never mind inter-county so you know even though there are few lads might be earmarked to to move on it, it does take a year or two at the very least um even the lads that are brought in um in fairness to Park, the players he's brought in he's given them minutes and got it into them straight away like some johnny morale was mentioned there already he's he's transitioned very well he's been a great find later on in the league but um yeah there's definitely a few of them there and like i said to a great spread of clubs as well um and good potential but like I said and Johnny said it already there huge jump from from that uh, to senior it's just a matter of keeping the cohesion there and, and, and making sure lads can be brought into senior set up and, and, and brought forward as well Yeah even like the, the three there's three lads from our club James Egan Jack Fall and Sam O'Neill let's say 
as Gary was saying there, last year might have been their first year playing senior club. You know, so for them to jump, we'll say, from this year straight into inter-county senior championship next year, it's a big jump. But look, they're definitely going in the right direction. Um, and you can see from from them lads coming back to the club, they've learned so much, you know, in the last in the last year, two years since they've been in the Galway setup. Um, and as you said, James was in in the Galway last year, so that will bring them on, you know, leaps and bounds. So, yeah, it's, the main thing is sticking with it. Uh, I'm sure sure Porrick and the lads will have some sort of development squad uh, for them lads to to make, bridge the gap to get into that senior panel. But yeah, it is a massive jump, but definitely going in the right direction. Yeah. Season at the minute, lads. Uh, Johnny, how are you finding the club league? I'm finding it very tough because I haven't ran in a year. Uh, <laughs> I didn't think I'd score three days after a league game, but uh, that's the way we're at at the moment. But oh, I'm actually enjoying it. Yeah, it's great. It's great to be, to be back with the club. This is my probably my first year back since retiring just uh, with the club. I was gone away for the last year or so. Uh, it's great to be back. Yeah, it's, it's very enjoyable. Um, there's not as much not as much pressure in the video analysis, God. Uh, so yeah, it's good. It's good. Two men making a bad start to the league, Gary. Uh, doing okay. Doing okay. Yeah. Look at it's no more than what we're saying there. It's early days. We four games played and all right. We're we're doing all right. But um you know, you want to be you want to be looking at that or in that kind of form later on in the year, September, October time all going well. But um, yeah, join us so far. And as I said to you the you know, once the temperatures are rising and the evenings are getting a bit longer now too, and the pitches are firming up, like you, you can you can kind of enjoy it a bit more. But the, the format of it, so and with the games coming every second week too, is is quite good, and you've kind of structured that you know when you're going to be playing and when you're not, so you can kind of organise yourself around that. But um, yeah, it's very enjoyable. In fairness, well, uh, that's all today on our podcast. Um, thanks a million to the lads for coming on. Thanks, Paul. The Backdoor GA Podcast for 2023 is now brought to you by Steve Motor Group. For your personalised vehicle shopping experience, visit stevemotorgroup.ie. We are now delighted to announce our second sponsor of the podcast. Harper Finley are a professional service recruitment company operating nationwide and are dedicated to helping people find their dream job.